Greetings to you from Bangalore International School. My name is Tanisha and I'm joined here today by my peers, Vibodarya and Vivan. Today we have the illustrious group captain, Sandeep Brahmawar, with us from the Indian Air Force. We will discuss his journey in aviation and get to know more about flight experiences and his technological advancements and intricacies. We are also excited to know about his experience in the cargo war. Mr. Sandeep Brahmawar has served 22 years in the Indian Air Force. He has over 10,000 hours of total flying experience and has done operational flying on four-engine heavy jet aircrafts to almost all airfields, especially to challenging high-altitude ones. He has flown in the international airspaces of over 20 nations with landings at over 16 destinations. He has planned and executed international exercises in Israel, Sri Lanka, Kazakhstan, Tajikistan, Russia, and Seychelles by flying through various countries. Group Captain Brahmawar has undertaken national disaster relief missions for Cyclone Phelan and Srinagar floods, along with international disaster relief missions for the Malay water crisis and Nepal earthquake. He is fitness conscious and is enthusiastically invested in activities like cycling, golf, and badminton. Some of the awards he has received throughout the years are the second position in overall order of merit, the most promising o officer award of the course, the first position in flying in air to ground armament at HOFTU Kalaikonda, the first position in fighter jets like MiG-21, MiG-29, AWACS maintenance conversion flights and several others, the AOM's medal award for excellence, first in the transport conversion course at Yalanka, and also placed first in the joint air warfare course he was awarded the Surjit Singh Majithia trophy. Wow, that is quite a list of achievements. We welcome you to the BIS on radio podcast, Group Captain Pramawar. Okay, thank you. Those were wonderful uh, words spoken about me, but I'm uh, extremely humbled to be here amongst the brain of BIS. Without much ado, let's get on with this podcast. So who's the first one? Who's going to shoot? Tanisha. Here. Okay, go ahead. We hear stories of inspiration that leads us to the choices that people make in life. So my first question to you would be, could you tell us a bit about your story behind joining the armed forces? Okay, that's a good one. That takes me back years, okay? My father was also in the Air Force. He was a fighter pilot. And in his illustrious checkered career of 40 years, he saw three wars. The 1962 Indo-China War, the 1965 and the 71 Indo-Pak Wars. And uh, he has two gallantry medals out of those wars. Every kid, as he's growing up, he tends to emulate somebody. You know, he looks up to somebody, may not be his father, maybe somebody else, who's like a superhero to him. You know, you want to grow up, be like him. Correct? For me, it was my father. I saw my father in his blue overalls with his Ray-Bans and, uh, you know, his service jeep. It got me thinking. You know, I've, I always dreamt that this is something, it, 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 gla it was glamour to me, you know. So I thought this is something is what I want to do. At certain stages, we used to be taken inside the airfields into the Air Force Station and we used to see these fighter jets taking off. The roar of the jet and the thought of being up in the sky, in the blue azure sky, that is what, you know, uh, kind of excited me. That laid the slate for uh, this irrefutable choice of my becoming a pilot. So my question for you is, when I go on a roller coaster ride itself, there are butterflies in my stomach. I wonder what you would have felt when you took your first ever flight. Could you share with us how you felt then? Everybody who sits for the first time in an aircraft 
does have butterflies in the stomach yeah. and I'm I'm no less okay <laughs> my first flight was in NDA NDA's National, National Defense Academy. Academy you know so after 12th I went to National Defense Academy <laughs> so there we used to have these ardhra gl- gliders you know they're non powered they don't have engines glider they had uh, something called tandem seating tandem seating is where the pupil sits in front and you have the instructor at the back it is being pulled by a cable and there's a jeep ahead okay so the jeep starts racing down the uh, strip and the glider gets pulled behind and the moment the wings develop left the glider gets launched okay so it goes up to a certain height till where the cable is uh, length is adequate and then you release the cable so i remember my first solo flight you know when i release the cable and you start floating in the air you know it gives you a sense of uh, weightlessness that feeling is was indescribable for me that whole flight lasted only about 3 minutes but it was like an eternity to me it gave me really goosebumps till date and also butterflies in my stomach but from there we went on to something called advanced training so i went to the air force academy there we flew a lot of uh, maneuvers such as let me explain it to you we did loops we did barrel rolls we did a maneuver called the clover we did stalls we did spins all these require a lot of g forces on your body it's quite strenuous on the body yeah. so it gives the stomach kind of a churning feeling so here is where i didn't get butterflies in the stomach <laughs> <laughs> so my question is when one thinks of an aircraft they automatically think about aerodynamics are there any technological advancements in the aerodynamic shape of an aircraft or in the materials that are being used to make the aircraft that have happened in the recent past or that would take place in the near future okay so i'm going to split your question into three parts we'll talk about first the engines yeah then we'll talk about the airframes and then we'll talk about the avionics these days engines have become extremely advanced you know they you've got something called turbofan engines they're very very quiet they uh, they are basically meant for passenger comfort you don't even hear them if you sit in a commercial aircraft today they're extremely powerful extremely powerful makes them what you can cruise at a very high altitude and you can go really fast and they uh, don't guzzle fuel so they're very very economical there are new uh, technologies in uh, vis-a-vis engines you have electric engines that are being developed it'll take some time to come but there is something called hybrid engines which are already under development they are a mixture of electric and fuel oh. so that is something which you will see in the coming future as far as airframes are concerned you have different materials which have come up the normal aircraft were made with aluminum you know aluminum is corrosive but today the materials which are being used in aircraft are called carbon fibers and composites yeah, yeah. what they do is they ensure that the material is uh, the aircraft becomes much lighter it is much much more stronger okay it's able to take much more load now talking about avionics from the initial dials which we used to have dial for speed dial for altitude dial for your uh, navigation nowadays we have something called glass cockpits these are big screens they are crts cathode ray tubes basically we call them multifunctional displays mfds so now all that information which was on the dials is now presented to you on just one flat screen then uh, you have uh, you have your uh, flight management systems you know 
These are computers basically in the aircraft. These computers you feed on the ground mm -hmm. and once you get airborne, it takes you automatically from place A to B to C. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. It's already fed. Then uh, the advancements in technology have happened to this extent that there is something called CAT-3 landing, wherein an aircraft can come and land on its own. It can decelerate on its own. It can taxi on its own and it can go to the parking stand and switch off on its own. Like Tesla. Cool. Absolutely like Tesla. You know, you don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. All the pilot does is he monitors because after all, it's a machine. So something can go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. If something goes wrong, he has to take over. Yeah. So uh, I think that should be adequate for your question. Yes, that answers. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yes. So, my question now is, we do see the apparent difference in size of a fighter plane and a commercial plane. Could you please tell us what other differences there are between these two? Okay, you've uh, put your question very correctly. So, one is the size, isn't it? Yeah. Fighter planes are small, commercial jets are Huge. big, large, yeah. round, isn't it? What is a fighter required for? Tell me. War and stuff. Absolutely, Battle. for defense of the nation. Yeah. So, what does a fighter need to be? It, it needs to be, to be three things. Fast. It needs to be very fast. Small. Agile. Small. Stealthy, not seen. Strong. Okay. Strong. It needs to have a lot of weapons to go and deliver the punch which is required <laughs> yeah. to the enemy. Yeah. Correct? Mm -hmm. Right? And it needs to be highly maneuverable. The fighter also needs something called a radar. So, you have in a fighter aircraft, you have a radar on which you can see targets. Other enemy aircraft, space, yeah. which are very, very far away, you can lock on to them and you can launch your missile without actually seeing the target. Oh. It's called a beyond visual range missile. Okay, BVR. They have very, very powerful engines. So, powerful engines are noisy engines. Now, we'll talk about the commercial aircraft. Okay, what is the purpose of a commercial jet? To carry um, goods. Transport you know, people. Brilliant. People. Absolutely. So, you, it takes people from place A to B and and what is paramount? Passenger comfort and safety. Yeah. They have weather radars on board. They have, sorry, radars on board, but they're not for enemy identification. <laughs> yeah. They're for weather. weather yeah. So, does that answer the difference yeah, between the two? Yeah, thank you so much. Yes, oh, okay. Thank you question. so much. So, my question to you would be, what were some of the toughest aspects of your training as an IAF pilot? Okay, you asked me about the IAF. Okay. Predominantly, all, all my training in the Air Force was towards one purpose. That was to practice for an eventuality called war. For that preparation, you have different exercises that you do in the air. I'll give you in layman's terms. We have exercises called 1v1. One versus one. Versus one. one yeah. Okay, so you simulate your own partners there. You simulate in one aircraft, he's the uh, defender and you are the attacker. Yeah. Okay, so and you do combat missions. Then we have 2v1, two defenders, one attacker. We yeah. have 2v2, two defenders, two attackers. And we, uh, it takes, so what happens is, it not only, uh, there is a physical drain on the body because the mission lasts only for about 30 minutes. Yes. But it takes the juice out of you, you know, you're yeah. coming, your overall is full of sweat by mm -hmm. the end of it because of the G-forces that you're pulling. It's very stressful. It's yeah, very so st uh, straining strenuous. on the strenuous, body. Yeah. yeah, it's very strenuous for the body. But let me tell you, it is 
mentally fatiguing also why yeah. because you are in three dimensional space yeah you need to know where who is where yeah, yeah. You know, so your mental faculties have to keep working mm-hmm. at a very rapid pace. It's tough, yes. yeah. So that thirty minutes where a combat mission is flown, it takes beating on your body. Yeah. This would be the toughest part of my training in the Air Force. I completely agree with you. Uh, my next question is: How do you communicate with your colleagues from the cockpit? Is there a certain language that is used specifically by pilots? Communication stands on four pillars. Okay. especially in the aviation so we call them the four c's four c's what do they stand for communication needs to be crisp yes clear mm-hmm. concise and most importantly correct yes why because there are lives involved if you yes. communicate wrongly two aircrafts could go into each other between the captain the co-pilot and the cabin crew who are at the back we have something called intercoms Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or a boom mic, wherein we speak to each other. It is the responsibility of the captain to keep all the crew Normally. knowing what is happening. Yeah. All the time, you okay. are supposed to be all on the same page. It's called something called CRM, Crew Resource Management. Yes. Okay. More importantly, you need to have communication with the ground controller, because at the end of the day, you are one plane. Mm-hmm. but he's got hundreds of planes in the air yeah. so he is aware of what is happening in the entire airspace yeah. so you need to have proper communication with him mm-hmm. right now coming to the aspect about that secret language you are asking that aviators <laughs> yeah. use there is no secret language the language which is used by aviators is called aviation english okay okay yeah. <laughs> it's english but it's yeah. aviation english something like numerals alphabets like 104 yeah. yeah we we say things differently mm-hmm. like alphabets yeah so we'll say a b c d is alpha bravo charlie delta echo foxtrot golf yeah, hotel and so and so forth yeah yes sir. okay it is standardized across the world across all aviators yeah mm-hmm. okay so that everybody is again on the same page yes some numerals we say differently three is pronounced as tree <laughs> okay. Yes. Eight is eight, yes. and nine is niner. Yes. Okay. Then we use slang. He said, <laughs> "What did you say?" Ten four. Ten four. Okay. Ten <laughs> four is American slang. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to talk about Indian, Indian slang. slang. <laughs> so we use things like Roger. Yes. Yes. Roger. Okay, Roger affirm. The, yes. This means yes. Affirmative. Yes. Yeah. Then we use a word called Wilco. Wilco means will comply with your instructions. Wilco. Okay. Abbreviated Wilco. Yeah. Okay. That's very smart. Then you have words like pan pan. Mm-hmm. When a pilot says pan pan, it means emer- it's an urgent urgent Panic. message. Okay, that means I'm in trouble. Yes. So everybody else, please keep quiet. I'm transmitting. Yes. Okay. And the next stage is mayday, mayday, mayday. Yes, yes, yes. That means I'm I'm done for kind of mm-hmm. thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I tell you something interesting about the fighters. In the fighters. We have call signs. Yeah, uh, that's why I said top gun. Dekna, <laughs> the words used there, the call signs are Maverick and Iceman. Oh yeah, right? Yeah, like something yeah. you remember? Nicknames. Yeah, nicknames. They call <laughs> call signs. So uh, when I was in flying the MiG twenty ones, my call sign was Phoenix, the oh, bird which rose from cool. the ashes. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Wow. and when I f- was flying MiG twenty nines, my call sign was Thor. Thor. That's <laughs> also cool. <laughs> 
Thor is the god of thunder and yes. lightning, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Finished with your communications. Yes, that answers my question. Nice. Okay, so my next question to you would be kind of related to my last. Um and it's in war movies, we've heard of stealth aircrafts which cannot be sensed by radar. Now, could you explain how this happens? Very intelligent question. How do I explain this? Okay. But let us take an example of an hawk at 15 meters. Yeah. You see it with the naked eye, you can see it very yeah, well. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Yes. Now just put a bee in place of that hawk at 15 meters. You can't, you can't see it. You can't see it. Very maybe meager. Yeah. Maybe Maybe able to see it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the hawk is like a normal aircraft on a radar screen. Mm-hmm. Big dot. Whereas that bee is a is very small, small dot. dot you can miss it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Ah, uh, so similarly, so getting to that point, I'll just explain how radar works. Yeah. Okay. And why we needed stealth. So, what does a radar do? It has a transmitter, it yeah. has a receiver. What does it transmit? It transmits electromagnetic waves. Radio waves. Okay. Yeah, electromagnetic waves go, hit the aircraft, they come back, the receiver picks them up and it Tells calculates the distance as well as the bearing of that target. Yeah. By what? Physics. Physics. It's your yeah. physics yes. phenomena, Doppler waves. effect. So, so that's how radar works. So what happened in World War 2? The Americans, they had developed a radar and they were picking up all these german aircraft okay? yeah and the element of surprise was getting lost yeah so the germans were the first who worked on the stealth technology okay yeah so how so the aim of stealth is let let not these uh, reflections go back to the radar how do you do that stop yeah how do you do that you can do it but two two ways yes. one is you paint that aircraft with something called radar absorbent material oh, it's also it. yeah so it's also called the oh, wow. iron ball paint mm-hmm. okay iron ball paint what what happens if you go into the molecular dimension of iron ball paint they are all pyramidical structures so when the electromagnetic wave hits it it just keeps bouncing Bouncing in that pyramid and then it goes out at, at a very low energy oh, okay. Mm-hmm. okay so that the radar might not see it and not the same yeah. direction yes. you can miss it correct and the second way is you create aircraft which have pointy noses sharp edges yes. acute angles so when the radar beam hits the aircraft it gets deflected in another direction yeah. it doesn't go back to the radar oh, right yeah if you have ever seen these aircrafts there's another movie which is called broken arrow john travolta Yes. right i'm I talking about movies movie. because you guys are <laughs> a lot into yeah. movies yes. go and see this movie it shows you what a stealth aircraft can do in that movie they show the f117a mm-hmm. it's an american plane you know how it operates how it conceals its weapons inside the bay there are no weapons outside you know and it's yes. almost invisible to radar let me tell you one more thing here that stealth does not make the aircraft totally not detectable it just delays detection okay yeah. yes but that is good enough for the uh, enemy to come do Attack. its damage and go back yes okay surprise yes. is achieved isn't it yeah. yeah yeah now can you tell me which all two countries have stealth technology sure america russia and the US. very good america but not russia Germany. it's china china oh, yes wow. oh. so it is it is uh, america and china india's is in its nascent stages towards it's stealth technology it's building towards russia yeah. probably as well right so we've got a project called the amka 
ओके एडवांस्ड मीडियम कॉम्बैट एयरक्राफ्ट व्हिच इज बीइंग डेवलप्ड इन नन अदर देन बाय आवर ओन एचएएल हियर इन बेंगलोर ओके सो इट्स अंडर डेवलपमेंट टेक लाइक सम इयर्स टू कम आउट ओके Mm-hmm. So thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, so thank I you. Answer my question. Uh, so my next question is: There is a general understanding that rudders are used to turn an aircraft. Is this true or is this a misconception? Could you please help us understand? Okay, so a car on the road. It's in two dimensions. Yeah. Yes. yes. Correct. Aircraft in the air is in three dimensions. Three dimensions. Okay. Any object which is in three dimensions has three axes. Yes. yes. Okay. What are the axes? Let me explain to you. One is the longitudinal axis, okay, which is the fore and aft axis. Yes. Movement along this is called the roll movement. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. How does this roll movement happen? It happens with the help of ailerons on the wings. Okay. So say I want to turn left. I move my joystick to the left. My left aileron comes up. My right aileron goes down. They're mechanically linked. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. So the lift uh, is lower on the left wing. It's more on the right wing. Yeah. So as a result, you start banking. Okay. okay. Now the other axis is your vertical axis. Yeah. Okay. Top bottom. Along this axis, you have a movement called yawing. This okay. is done by what you were asking, rudder. Rudders. Okay. So the rudder does this movement, yawing. The third axis is the lateral axis. Yes. Along this axis, you have a movement called pitching, up and down. Yeah. This yes. is done by something called the elevators. Ah. Okay. So the axes are clear. Yes. yes. Now let's talk about how do you turn. So when you have to turn, you first put on bank. Bank, I told you, is roll. Okay. It happens with ailerons. So you put on bank, but what will happen is because of gravity. the nose will tend to fall yeah okay so to hold the nose on the horizon you have to apply rudder and oh. then you have the nose is on the horizon and you have something called a balanced turn so to answer your question in one line turn is done by ailerons but substantiated by rudders correct okay. yes. so it's like an assist good. yes so um my next question is There are several students in this school who would like to pursue a career in aviation. Now, what would your advice to them be? Ah, uh-huh. I'm going to start by saying all professions are noble. Okay, yes. but since I have been associated with aviation, I'm only going to talk about aviation. Yes. yes. Aviation requires a lot of discipline. It requires dedication, and it requires a lot of hard work. Yes. You need yeah. to keep abreast with. moving technology all the time even till date i'm giving exams yeah okay you need to keep yourself you updated. have to keep yourself updated and you are checked for it all the time because passenger lives are involved yeah, yeah. only less than 1% of the world population are pilots wow okay yeah you really travel cool. the world on duty Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's really cool. It's yeah. very, very the, the the profession is very financially rewarding. It mm-hmm. is extremely adventurous and exciting. Yeah. Right. Having said that, if it's the armed forces, it gives you a sense of brethren, camaraderie, and also esprit de corps. I've mm-hmm. flown words, but it's basically I look out look out for you, and you look out for me. 
फर्स्ट After my 12th standard, I went to something called a National Defence Academy. NDA, yeah. I did three years there. Then I came one year for my uh, advanced training, basic training in AFA, that is Air Force Academy. Yeah. Yes. And then I got commissioned in the Air Force. It was permanent commission. Okay. The other way is, if you don't want to do that route, you can take the route after college. So you do your college. Yes. Then you do your uh, one exam through the UPSC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you come and do that one year you join up with me and one year afa afa mm-hmm. okay and then also you get commissioned as a permanent commissioned officer yes yes third method is where you get in as a short co- service commission yeah where you do only 14 years there's no embargo on you it's not permanent you join 14 years you serve and then you you can leave yeah and the fourth way is if you are an ncc cadet air wing ncc have you heard of ncc yes national cadet corps yeah. yes yeah you join that in the air wing c certificate you can come into the air force okay, okay. that is the path of armed forces yeah yes. commercial path is very different you need a lot of money number one yeah okay yeah. you join after your 12th standard or after your college whenever you want you join a flying club you do your private pilot's license followed by a commercial pilot's license yeah and then you come you join some company like the company i am in you um, do your uh, type rating say for the airbus or the boeing and then you do your airline transport pilot's license okay and then you in maybe about 8 years time you're a full fledged captain yeah right wow. okay uh my question is the cockpits of the planes seem to be full of digital equipment with buttons for various purposes when there is any malfunction in any equipment how is it managed let's give you an example okay so you're going on this road okay unknown road and suddenly your car has a flat yeah what do you do you change, change the, the tire. tire of course you have a spare tire <laughs> yes that's the same philosophy aircraft use mm mm-hmm. there's something called redundancy or abundance yes right so if you have one system there is no redundancy if you have two systems it is single redundancy right yes if you have three systems it becomes double and four systems it becomes triple, triple. in aircraft you have something for very very critical equipment digital equipment you have something called triple redundancy So if one fails the other takes over the, the fails. that fails the other takes over okay you have got backup to backup to backup yeah. yeah remember one thing aircraft safety and passenger safety is paramount in a commercial airline yeah yes. right mm-hmm. and redundancy 
is the key to the safety yeah. yes thank you so much for your time the bis community really appreciates the time you have taken to enlighten us with your information on aviation and your experiences as a fighter pilot we are grateful to you and the defense personnel of our country for keeping us safe we really admire your work and hope we can speak again goodbye for now thank you so much for having me across it was indeed a pleasure being with you and speaking to you thank you yeah, so thank much you thank much. you very much